Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast, a podcast that provides the best content about all things sports. I'm your host, Ryan McCreary. Today, we got my friend Thomas on the podcast. We are going to be talking a lot of football today. We're going to start off by talking about the Carolina Panthers, who just fired their head coach, Frank Reich. We'll talk about their future, what that looks like. Um, also discuss some some comments their owner, David Tepper, made. After that, we'll talk about Cowboys corner, Deron Bland, who is having a really strong season this year, and we'll talk about whether or not he should win the Defensive Player of the Year award. We'll also talk about Rivalry Week in college football. That was this past weekend. We'll talk a little bit about those games. But the main focus of today's pod is the college football playoff rankings. The latest edition of those rankings came out last night. This upcoming week, we have Conference Championship Week. So we're going to talk about all of that. We'll react to the latest rankings. We'll talk about what we think the rankings will potentially look like a week from now. And we'll talk about some potential chaos scenarios. And that's what we got for today's episode of the podcast. I hope you're excited. I know we are. Let's go ahead and dive right in. All right, Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. I've been enjoying some college football, some NFL, getting into college basketball a little bit. It's, yeah. It's a good time of year right now. This is like my favorite time of year because yeah. we have the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball. Oh, yeah. We have like like two of my favorite sports. Yeah. And you've got college and pro for both leagues. So yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. So let's go ahead and get started by talking about the Carolina Panthers. So Yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, correct? Where Frank Reich was fired. I think it was yesterday that that happened. Yeah, I believe um, so. The Pan- the Carolina Panthers fired their head coach, Frank Reich, before, and this is his first season. So yeah. before his first season has even come to a close, he's out the door. They fired him. What are what's like your your like your first reaction to that? I mean, I had seen like some rumors that it might happen, but I don't know that I really expected it. I thought they'd probably give him at least like a full year and then get into next year a little bit to like, you know, develop his guys. But obviously they felt like it was not going in the right direction, maybe just not a good fit in general. So they went ahead and cut the cord. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I feel like it's tough for a young quarterback when you're just, you know, a rookie in the NFL and you're, your coach gets fired and the team's kind of in turmoil. But I mean, granted, it seems like it's worked out okay for Trevor Lawrence who had to go through the worst head coach possibly in the history of the NFL with Urban Meyer. Yeah. Did Urban get fired in the middle of his first season? Man, I don't remember. I think he might've just gotten fired at the end of the year. I think he, I think it was after the year was over because I was thinking like, has this ever happened or has it happened recently? I mean, I don't remember a coach getting fired in the middle of their first season. Yeah. I mean, the season honestly isn't that close to being over. No, they still have I like mean, five, six still weeks six left. six or seven games left for, or yeah, they still have six games left this year. Like that's crazy for a head coach to get fired this early into their first season. It's yeah. really crazy. And I know they've had issues. Like obviously the Panthers are having a rough year. They've only won one game. They have the worst record in the league. Um, yep. I, I saw reports yesterday that were coming out about issues that the um, that Frank Reich was having. Um, like with Bryce Young, like there were some disagreements about how they wanted the play calls to come in. I saw a report that 
Frank Reich wanted Bryce Young to read plays off of a wristband, but Bryce Young wanted plays to come in through his helmet yeah. so he could listen to them and repeat them. I also heard there were some disagreements within the coaching staff um, and that Frank Reich was potentially being a little bit controlling with the offense. Um, and so it seems like there were some issues with that. Yeah. And it was just... It's just, it's just a, a really weird situation. You draft the guy, you trade up to draft Bryce Young with the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, and now you hire this guy as a brand new head coach for your team, and you're firing him this early into his first season. Yeah, it's just weird. And what do you think their future looks like going like going from this point forward? I mean, obviously they'll need to probably make a, a pivot higher. I, I, who's their interim head coach? Who they announced? I think uh, it's their special teams coach. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember being like, in, in, I was like, "What? That's like an interesting." Yeah. Because usually it's like an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator that becomes the interim, but I believe it's their special teams coach that is now their interim head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a good shot to hire like a high profile coach. I mean, one name that comes to mind right off the top of the head is Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the T- Detroit Lions, who's probably going to be like the number one hot candidate during the off season. So I would assume they'd probably go pretty heavy after him. I mean, there's going to be plenty of plenty of uh, options that they have to choose from. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be excited with the like potential to work with, you know, such a young multiple quarterback, like, like uh, Bryce young. Yeah. So I think they'll probably have a kind of their pick of the litter, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. I really, as a Falcons fan, I hope they don't hire Ben Johnson because I want Ben Johnson. Yeah, y'all have another year of Arthur Smith, pal. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's really sad. Like I, 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 I will commit arson <laughs> when if if we bring him back. But yeah. um, I wanted to to discuss some comments their owner David Tepper made. Okay. So yesterday. He talked about their draft strategy in the 2023 NFL draft, uh-huh. and he was talking about how, and, he's, and he said at the beginning of this video I saw on Twitter, he said that the plan for them heading into the draft was to trade up to number two, and then they would get Stroud. But then, and that makes sense, but sure. then he said they were going to take Stroud because they thought the Texans were getting Bryce Young. And, I, and that's what he said. Maybe he slipped up and misspoke. But what he said didn't make any sense because that was not a realistic scenario because that was never going to happen. Like, right. Because the Texans had the second pick. If they traded up to number two, the Texans weren't getting Bryce Young because they would have had the ninth pick. Like, I don't, I don't know what he meant. And it was just really, I thought it was weird for him to come out and say something like that. Like, was he trying to say that he thought the Texans were going to move up to one? Maybe. And take Bryce, and then they were going to try to move to two? I thought thought that what he said only made sense if he meant the Panthers were going to trade down to two. But, like, why would you say that? Like, everything he said, like, he should have just been like, Bryce Young was our guy the whole way, and that's all I'm going to say. Like, I don't know why he said that they had a potential to get C.J. Stroud. Why are you saying that? Yeah. Like, you should not say that. Yeah, why are owners so dumb? Shut up. <laughs> that's a that's a tough look. And a lot of people were saying, were, like, defending him and saying that, that people like me are stupid and just can't read. And maybe that's the case. I mean, I, I'm fine accepting that. <laughs> I just thought it was really odd when he was saying, 
I didn't think it made any sense, and I wasn't the only person that pointed that out. I yeah. saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that as well, and it was just really odd for an owner to come out and say that they potentially could have drafted another quarterback than the guy they eventually took with the number one pick. <laughs> like, yeah, that is. It's just really, really odd. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. And the future for Carolina looks so bleak because Bryce Young has not been good this year. And right. their offense has been bad. And they've been a really, they've struggled a lot this season. And they don't have their pick this year because they traded their pick to yeah. Chicago. And right now that pick is projected to be number one. That is the toughest thing is that they don't have their first round pick this year. Yeah. Um, now, there is definitely, they have some capital to move around and potentially get a first round pick this year. Cause I mean, Derek Brown's getting near the end of his contract. Brian Burns is apparently a hot commodity, but they just paid him. Didn't they? So I don't think I they just, paid him yet. Okay. I just, yeah, I don't know. They have some pieces that they could try to move around if they're, I mean, cause they are truly in a rebuild like Derek Brown and Brian Burns are commodities that you don't really necessarily need right now when you're that bad. It's going to be hilarious when they end up trading Burns for like a second round. A pick. second round pick when Wasn't they when they were offering two first, two first a year ago. From the Rams. Like, yeah, yeah. And I like, I remember when that report came out, and I was like, dude, I love Brian Burns. Y'all should have immediately said yes. Yeah, like, I would have been like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm putting him on a plane right now. Yeah, I will drive him to Los Angeles yeah. from Carolina myself. Like, and that's no disrespect towards Burns. Oh yeah, he's that's a great just player, a great but, value. Yeah. Like, insane value. So, yeah, that's all we got to say about the Carolina Panthers. It's looking bleak. They just fired their head coach. Not really sure where they go from here, but, yeah, hopefully they're able to bounce back and and, um, get back on the right track. Yeah. Next up, we want to talk about Cowboys corner, Deron Bland, and and the season that he is having, because he is having just one of the weirder seasons we've seen in recent memory, and weird in a good way. And I wanted to discuss whether or not he can or will win the Defensive Player of the Year award. So right now, Deron Bland is having just an insane season. Yeah, He leads the league in interceptions with seven picks. He also has, let me see, 13 passes defended. But what makes his season so interesting is that five of his interceptions are pick sixes. And that is a record. No one in league history has had this many pick sixes in one season. And it brings up the question, how valuable is this season that he's having? Because he he has five interceptions that that he has turned into touchdowns. He's the highest graded corner by PFF. And I looked up the Defensive Player of the Year odds on FanDuel earlier. He is not at the top. He's fourth. Um, at plus 1,000 behind Miles Garrett, who's first, Michael Parsons, who's second, and T.J. Watt, who is third. What are your thoughts on the season he's having, and do you think that he is a legitimate candidate for the Defensive Player of the Year award? I mean, it's, it's been an incredible season. I definitely think he's a candidate. Do I think he'll win it? Probably not. I feel like it's hard to keep pace with some of those just elite Ed rushers that are going to put up close to 20 sacks this year. I mean, honestly... I could see it happening. I mean, if he gets in like that double digit interception range, which is very doable, he has already seven interceptions this year. Um, then yeah, I mean, I could see it happening, but I just don't think he'll be able to do enough to push over like Miles Garrett or Watt or Parsons. Yeah, I just think 
like thinking about this season, five pick sixes. Like that's yeah, it's that is insane. Like I'm not sure, and I wish we had like more like more numbers to truly like put like an, an objective measurement of the value of that. But like that is thirty points right there from one player. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. From a defensive player. From a defensive player. And that's, like, unheard of. Yeah. And I think when you talk about whether or not you would vote for him for Defensive Player of the Year, I think think you have to consider what do pick sixes tell you about a player? Because I remember watching last week in the Thanksgiving game when they played Washington. His pick six at the end was a great play by him. But he, like, Washington missed two tackles on him. Yeah. Like, what does that say about him? Like, I think the seven, interception, seven interceptions themselves are really impressive. And he's been awesome. I mean, he's like I said, he's PFF's highest-graded corner. But should we put too much emphasis um, or too much weight into the pick sixes themselves? Or is, it, is he just finding himself in fortunate situations? Yeah, like, yeah. like I, I think it's just uh, a... A discussion of like process versus results. Yeah. Like, would his season be just as good if he, you know, wasn't returning these for touchdowns? Does that make sure, sense? Yeah. Like, like, if it was just like, oh, he's got seven interceptions and he's got like a pick six. Yeah. Then we're probably not talking about him in the same category. Yeah. But because it's like, oh, he just broke the NFL record for the most pick sixes in a season. Now we're talking about, oh, defensive player of the year, maybe. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know. I think it would be different if yeah. it, they weren't being returned for pick sixes, which is, I mean, it is fair because that is a considerably more valuable play now that you've gotten points off of it than just a plain interception. Yeah, and I've, I've seen people on Twitter point out that his pick sixes are coming like in garbage time. I'm not actually sure if that's true or not. I know okay. I know last week he did have, like he had a pick six against Washington yeah. that occurred um, in garbage time. Um, I don't know about the rest of them, um, but I just think it's such an interesting discussion because it's like, what do the pick sixes tell you about Deron Bland as a player? I mean, I think it's yeah. clear that he's having a great season. Oh, for sure. But um, should he be? Should he receive like an award for being the best defensive player just because he has a lot of pick sixes? Um, it's it's interesting. I wouldn't mind if he won defensive player of the year. I think yeah, I wouldn't like, be mad about it. Yeah. but I don't know if I think he deserves it over some of those, like a yeah. Miles Garrett or any of those other edge rushers. And he's also like he's so the Cowboys. Their pass defense has been insane. Like they have one of the best pass defenses in the league this year, and that's without Trevon Diggs. Yeah, too. by EPA, um, per the crazy thing success rate. Yeah, yeah. Like, go ahead. The craziest thing about it is that Deron Bland would have a considerably more diminished role if Trayvon Diggs didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like it was supposed to be Diggs and Gilmore were like their two lockdown corners, but Deron Bland has been able to play a lot more because Trayvon Diggs is out for the year. Yeah. I don't know if you have an answer for this, but who do you think should be the defensive player of the year at this point? Probably Miles Garrett. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a fair answer. I mean, he he's having a ridiculous year. Yeah. What's he at? Four, is he at 14? I did not look this up before I... Uh, sacks? Yeah. You mean? So, uh, at one point, I don't know where he's at now. I haven't actually looked at sack totals in a, in a while, so he yeah. is at... Um, according to Pro Football Reference, he's at 13 sacks. 13. At one point, his sack total was really low, but he was still crushing it in, like, PFF grade. Yeah, I wonder what his, like, I wonder where he ranks in pressures. Yeah. I'm sure he's up there. um, I can look that up real quick. And there's one point, every week I see graphics from um, people that, like, show 
edge rushers pass rush win rate versus yeah. their double team rate, mm. and it's hilarious because Miles Garrett, Garrett's double team more than anybody, and he's always at the top. Yeah. And so, so like Micah Parsons is usually at the top as well, and it's also funny because T.J. Watt is usually like in the middle, yeah, because he doesn't get double teamed nearly as much as uh, Miles Garrett. And my favorite activity on Twitter is to just say things about T.J. Watt. Because yeah. Steelers, oh, Steelers fans, fans will get pissed. Get so pissed off about it. I mean, it is hilarious. Yeah. And I don't even think TJ Watt's bad. He's no, awesome. he's a good player. He's awesome, but it's so funny yeah. when fans just get in their feelings about, like, it's just mm-hmm. hilarious. So let's look. You wanted to see his pressures? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder where he ranks. Let me see. Come on, PFF. Let's load, baby. Um, He, he should be near the top of the league with 13 I mean, I'm sure, sacks. Yeah. Um, because Miles Garrett is just that dude. PFF is not loading. This is fun. This is cool. Here we go. Um, so he has 49. Um, and that is 13th. 13th. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I wonder who's number one in pressures this year. Number one is Micah Parsons. Okay. With 71. Wow. But Miles Garrett does lead the league in um, or lead edge rushers in pass rush grade. Um, and he also leads them in win rate. Yeah. So it's, I think the pressure numbers are a little bit low because he is double teamed a lot, like at a very high rate. Right. Um, and there are probably some other reasons why. So, um, yeah, like the, the pass rush grade and the win rate are like elite. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I'd vote him for defensive player of the year. But yeah, Deron Bland is definitely putting, putting up a very interesting case. For sure. All right, let's go ahead and move on and talk about rivalry week in college football. That was this past week, and I wanted to talk about a few of the games that we saw. And we had some big games. Um, I think the big game um, early on on Friday was Oregon State, Oregon. Oregon dominated Oregon State, winning 31-7 at home. I don't know if you watched that game. I watched a little bit. I got to catch a little bit of it. Very impressive performance from Oregon. Um, I'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the rankings, but I, I've been a little bit critical of Oregon this year, mainly because I just don't think their resume has been great for most of the year. But this was a dominant performance from them against a good team. They needed this. That yeah. was a, a great performance from Oregon. No, it, Yeah, that, it's very good for their resume. We'll get into that a little bit more when we're talking about like the, uh, the playoff picture. But, I mean, prior to that, I very much felt like Oregon was a little overrated. But this is very helpful for their resume. Oregon State's a good team. Yeah, they're a four-loss team, but like they've they've had a tough schedule too themselves. Um, but yeah, this is a great win for Oregon, and uh, yeah, they they needed that for their resume. Yeah, another game which was, I believe was on Friday as well, uh-huh. um, and that was Texas Texas Tech. Yeah, um, and this was another team, another top team that had a dominant performance. Texas beat Texas Tech fifty-seven to seven at home. Dang. I know Texas Tech is unranked. I know they're 6-6. Six and six. They're a pretty good team. They're a, they're a solid team. They're a team that actually was really competitive with Oregon early in the year. And Texas just, to be blunt, beat the crap out of them. Yeah. I thought this was an awesome performance from Texas. One that they needed because they, they have had some games where they haven't looked great this year. Yep. Um, they're trying to get into the playoffs. So I thought this was a really impressive performance from them, um, like Oregon against Oregon State. Yeah. And then, let's see, any other interesting games? Don't know if you watched this one. I watched this one. Iowa-Nebraska. Crazy game. No, that sounds really hard to watch. Dude, it was, but the ending was so fun because I, Iowa had the ball with like less than a minute to go. They threw an interception, 
Um, and at that point, I think it was a tied game. Nebraska drove down the field. Then they threw an interception. <laughs> then Iowa drove down the field, kicked the game-winning field goal. And this was a low-scoring game. And that's awesome because the over-under for this game was the lowest over-under ever. And 20, did they hit the under? 24 and a half hit the under. Oh, my gosh, Because it was 13, dude, 13 to, 10. to 10. Awesome, awesome game. Not fun, but if you're a football junkie like I am, you loved it. Now we can move on to the games from Saturday. Got to start out with the game, uh, Michigan versus Ohio State. Yep. Michigan, huge win. In my opinion, the best win in co- of the college football season. I agree. Beating Ohio State 30-24. to What were your thoughts about that game? Uh, Michigan just looked, I mean, they looked good defensively. Kyle McCord is not not what I've been used to seeing from Ohio State quarterbacks recently. I mean, they've had some studs recently where they had, obviously, Stroud, Fields, even Dwayne Haskins, like those kind of R.I.P., yeah. Those kind of guys um, have been phenomenal college quarterbacks. And Kyle McCord, I mean, he's a decent college quarterback, but he just hasn't been like special like those guys were to me. But yeah, I mean, I thought Michigan played a really good complete game. They they look good. They look really good. And to me, we'll get into this a little more later. They should have jumped up to the, be the number one team in the country after that win. Yeah, I agree with that. They looked really good. Um, this was... A bit higher of a scoring game than I thought. I thought I thought it would be a little bit more low scoring. It yeah. really it was in the first half. Like I, I thought both both defenses were really strong in the first half. Um, but yeah, Michigan they just keep on rolling. Got they they don't have like a um, a well rounded resume because they haven't played a ton of tough teams. Yeah, but they have played two really good teams in Ohio State and Penn State. They looked good in those games. Um, I want to. I'm really interested to see what happens to their interim head, head coach right now. Yeah. Um. Let I me know. actually pull up his name. Do you know his name off the top? Of um. No, I can't think of his name. He's um, our offensive coordinator. It's Sharon Moore. I yeah, believe I think that's correct. Um. But he, I think that he could potentially get hired somewhere. Oh yeah. It's it's Sharon Moore. Okay. Yes. I think he could potentially get hired somewhere because he's been coaching them the last few weeks. I don't know if he was their interim earlier in the season when, you know, Jim Harbaugh missed, like, the first couple of games of the season. Right. But he's been great. I've really liked his aggressiveness because in this game against Ohio State, they went for it a lot. And that actually played a huge role in them winning this game. He was really aggressive. And Ryan Day was not as aggressive, not yeah. nearly as aggressive. And I thought that that gave Michigan a huge advantage in this game. So I've been really impressed with him um, and in the way that Michigan has performed without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. So, yeah, I was really impressed by Michigan in that game, and it'll be really interesting to see how far they can go this year. And then, of course, got to talk about the Iron Bowl. Unfortunately for me, as an Auburn fan, it was a painful game, but Alabama was able to win 27-24 after a miracle on fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. Yeah. They had, like, a a miniature, a fun-sized Hail Mary. Yep. Just a crazy play by the receiver to come down with it. They ended up winning that game. It was a battle, a fun game, super competitive. Went down to the wire, but Alabama was able to win yeah. um, on a miracle last play on their last possession. And winning in Jordan Hare is hard. Jordan Hare is like, the home mm-hmm. field advantage there is insane when they're able to pull it out. Um, what were your thoughts there? I thought Auburn looked really good. I also thought Alabama's defense looked not as good as they have been in years past. Mm. I, I haven't gotten to watch a ton of Alabama this year. Uh, I know I got to watch like the Texas game where they lost 
And I think I got to watch them play, I think it was Ole Miss, oh, yeah. where they benched Jalen Milrow. And so those are the two games I've seen from Alabama this year, and I was kind of like, ooh, okay, they might not be great. And then I've just sort of like halfway been keeping up with it, but I thought that they didn't look super, you know, like the Alabama teams of of the olden days. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think this Alabama team is definitely – they're they're really good, but they are a step down from what we're used to seeing from them. Yeah. I thought I thought Jalen Milrow was really good on Saturday. I will say that, yeah. I feel like Jalen Milrow has really come into his own he, in the last like four or five games. I remember after the Texas game, I was like, Ooh. This yeah, might be a rough he, this might be like a rough year for their offense. Well, because I was, he was bad in that game. I watched that game and I watched the Ole Miss game. I think those were back to back weeks actually. I'm not sure about that, but they have a, a freshman quarterback, Ty Simpson. Ty Simpson, and I was saying they needed to start that guy because I thought he looked pretty solid against Ole Miss. Yeah, but he he's had a great season. Like, yeah. like after that point, like he he's been really good. He's so hard to contain. Like, oh I, yeah, he's I'm such really an excited to watch him like critically as a draft prospect. Whether he comes out this year or next year, he'll um, probably stay for another year, right? Yeah, I would assume. I, I assume. Um, but God, I mean, we had such a hard time containing him. He was great as a runner in this game, just great as a scrambler, um, and I, he was just so hard to stop in this game. And of course, I I didn't I forgot to mention the muff punt at the end of this game. Yeah, that was tough. And interestingly, after the game, um, Hugh Freeze talked about that play in his post game press conference, and he said. This player muffed the punt, fumbled it, and someone corrected him. and was like, no, it wasn't that guy. It was this guy. And he said, oh, well, the player I was talking about must have taken himself off the field. So it sounds like the player who muffed the punt was, was not supposed to be was, returning yeah, was the was not supposed to be returning the punt. Interesting. Yeah. That's... Yeah. And so that, that's also a rough look on your head coach when you don't know yeah, that's, who's out there returning I, that the That was my thought. I was like, I was like, dang you. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a rough look. Uh, people are calling for his heads already. So like, it's early. I mean, the team is so like we are. We're like seventy five percent transfers. Yeah, like it's a rebuild here. Like, yeah. and, and I, I was pissed last week. I'm okay. Like losing to Alabama, it sucks. I wish we would have won. Right, but it's better than losing to New Mexico. I was, yeah, I was expecting us to lose to Alabama, and we were competitive. And I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy we were competitive, and we looked great, especially in offense. Last week, I was pissed because that lost to New Mexico State by twenty one points. Even though it's a rebuild year, no, that's, that's inexcusable. Like I we mean, looked awful. Yes, you can make the argument like New Mexico State is ten and two and they're playing for their conference championship. But you're an SEC school. If you lose to New Mexico State, you should be banished to the MAC. Yeah, it was bad. It was the worst performance I've seen from Auburn ever. I mean, yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. It was just a. a we just. It looked like we were looking ahead to the Alabama game. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, our effort was terrible. Our tackling was awful on defense. We just, we were bad across the board. Um, but, yeah, huge win for Alabama. And this actually, this win keeps them alive, keeps their playoff hopes alive. Yes. Um, and so they are still, um, they still have a chance of making the playoff. I mean, they control their own destiny fully. Yeah. Like, if they beat Georgia, they're in. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk okay. about your Yellow Jackets. Cool, cool, cool. They were competitive against Georgia. Georgia did win 31-23, yeah. but it was close. Yeah, so like, I feel like the score is a little closer than the game actually felt. 
Like the first half, I felt really good. I was like, okay, Tech is being very competitive. And then Georgia kind of dominated the third quarter. Um, and then we kind of started clawing back a little bit in the fourth quarter. But by that point, it was kind of a little, little bit too late. There was the last play of the game. One of our linebackers, Kyle Eford, had a chance to tackle. I think it was uh, Kendall Milton. Um, had a chance to like he had like an open field tackle on him and Milton just made a move on him and that was on third down and like if we had made that tackle they would have punted and we would have had I think like 40 30 or 40 seconds left to try to go down and score I mean it's a long shot but it's just one of those things where like this was also supposed to be sort of a rebuild year for tech I mean I guess the last like four years have been rebuild years but this is Brent Key's first year as the head coach um, you've got like a lot of guys transferred out after they announced Brent Key as the full-time head coach, which I thought was weird because all the players were calling for him to be hired full-time. Um, but a lot of guys transferred out. I mean, a lot of that's just NIL stuff. Um, and so we're just, you know, working with a full new staff. They have exceeded my expectations for this year. I did not expect tech to be bowl eligible this year. Um, but they are. Um, and they played Georgia close, and that's pretty much all you can ask for for this year from Brent Key to me. Yeah, I don't, so something that I thought was really interesting about this game is that both Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers didn't play. Right. They also, Georgia also didn't play um, Tate Ratledge, but he got hurt a week ago. Yeah. I knew that because I actually saw his injury. I don't know if Brock Bowers was or Lad McConkey were not healthy enough or if they were keeping them out of this game preparing for next week it's possible that's an, an insane decision in my opinion like, yeah against I mean, your rival like, your... i know tech isn't like yeah. amazing or anything. and here's the thing is that georgia tech is always going to consider georgia to be a bigger rival than georgia considers georgia tech i mean it's you know i'll give them their credit georgia tech has been the little brother yeah it's it sucks as a fan but like Georgia has always dominated us, and I think they kind of expected to just come in and this was going to be like a little sleepwalk game where they could just run through us and not have to worry about anything. So they were going to, you know, rest some of their high level players to get them to hopefully closer to full health for the SEC championship. And I, hey, we we uh, we were biting kneecaps out there, literally. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I just thought that was crazy. I was like, are you? Are they? And I'm not sure if that's what they were doing. It seems like they were. Yeah, like probably. If they were, that's crazy to me. Like I, like, I wouldn't have done I that. I guarantee, that if this was the Alabama game, Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey would have been playing, even if yeah. they weren't 100 percent healthy. Yeah, I just thought, man, in a rivalry game, that's crazy. Yeah, because you know, Tech's gonna like they're trying to meet you. They're yeah, trying to upset exactly. You. Like that's. That's like a huge goal for them. It was close. I thought we ran the ball really well against Georgia's defense. We didn't throw the ball especially well, but like the quarterback run and just like our mm. just, just our run game in general was working really well. Yeah. Unfortunately, so was Georgia's, and yeah. it was working better. Yeah. So yeah, some it is what it is. But it was cool to see y'all be competitive. Yeah. There, there were some other really interesting games. Um, this past weekend, yeah. Washington had a really close game against Washington State, winning 24-21. Yeah. They won on a last-second field goal mm-hmm. um, to keep their playoff hopes alive because if they lost to Washington State, it would have been. It would have put them in a really weird yeah. situation, in a really weird spot. It would have been tough. Do you see the the Washington's final drive by any chance? Um, I don't know if I saw it because they had they had like a fourth and one conversion in their own territory, and then. Michael Penix just had multiple awful decisions. Oh, really? Like, 
it was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. almost like he had several near interceptions that were just terrible. And then on the last on the game winning field goal attempt, he like couldn't watch. They like showed yeah, him. Yeah, I did. Sideline. I did see that clip <clears throat> where he was like couldn't watch the field goal attempt. I think attempt. the kicker had already missed a kick or yeah. an extra point in the game, and so he was like not even watching on the sideline. Yeah, it looked like he was literally throwing up. Like yeah. it, it was just a funny look. Like yeah. he was like, I have no confidence in this kicker. <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. I thought that was really funny. Another game that was kind of not necessarily super important to the college football playoff, but Oklahoma State versus BYU. Yeah. Honestly, not great for Texas. I think Texas probably would have loved to see BYU beat Oklahoma State so that they could get a redemption game against Oklahoma. Because I think think a a win against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship looks a lot better than a win against Oklahoma State. Yeah, so I think I may may have tweeted about that because I heard, I think I heard the name of four. I think I heard on Friday that... Um, the winner of BYU Oklahoma State, or sorry, that that if Oklahoma State beat BYU, they were going to the to the Big Twelve title game. But <clears throat> if they lost, Oklahoma was going to go, and I was like, oh, that's huge. Yeah, because Texas o- is because, like you said, Oklahoma helps Texas's resume a lot more than Oklahoma State. Yep. So the fact that Oklahoma State beat BYU in double overtime was huge. Yeah, so I'm glad you Texas would have been a big BYU fan. Absolutely, yeah. they were they were pulling for the Mormons hard. Absolutely, man. pulling for them hard. Um, another game. Um, I don't really want to talk about this too much, but Florida State beat Florida twenty four yeah. to fifteen. It didn't look great at nine. first. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they, they pulled it out at the like, end. Yeah. This is looking rough, but they ended up pulling it out. And then um, this game, like honestly, doesn't matter that much for the playoff, in my opinion. It, it does matter a little bit because one of these teams is playing. In, in, in their conference championship game, but it's Kentucky upsetting Louisville. Yeah. 38 to 31. I say it well, doesn't matter that it, much. Because it sucks for Florida State, it honestly. Does. It, it hurts them a little bit, but like Louisville, um, they weren't making the playoff. Uh, so it doesn't really matter for them. It does hurt Florida State a little bit because Louisville, you know, they won't be as high ranked. It, it just would have been nice for Florida State to get like a top 10 win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now, it what is Louisville, like 15 or something like that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Either like fourteen that. or fifteen. So yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Were there any other games you wanted to talk about? There weren't any that I wanted. Not to talk really. About, no, really. I think everything else was kind of just like random. Did you, you you catch the Egg Bowl? That was such a boring game. I I was like barely watching it. Yeah. I had it turned on because I think it was. Like, I was almost in a food coma just watching it because we exactly. just eaten Thanksgiving dinner and I was like trying to watch the egg ball but it was so boring it was and when you had you you had to choose between that or like the 49ers and the seahawks yeah that, that game was terrible too. Game either so yeah there was just no good football on thanksgiving yeah now we can move on okay to the meat of the podcast let's go and that is the college football playoff rankings i'll go through the top 10 okay um so i have them put up right here so these are the rankings that were released last night we've got uh, number 10, Penn State. Number 9, Missouri. Number 8, Alabama. Number 7, Texas. Number 6, Ohio State. Number 5, Oregon. Number 4, Florida State. Number 3, Washington. Number 2, Michigan. And number 1, Georgia. First question. What did you think about the top two rankings? Did you think that Michigan should have been ranked number 1 ahead of Georgia? What were your thoughts? Today? 100%. Michigan should have gone ahead of Georgia. Georgia played a very sloppy game against an inferior opponent in Georgia Tech, and Michigan 
was able to probably, like you said earlier, get the biggest win of the college football season this so far this year. So yeah, I 100% think Michigan should have jumped Georgia. I understand a little bit. I think prior to Ohio State, Michigan did not have a great resume, but I think that win over Ohio State just should have bumped them to one. I agree. So Michigan right now they rank um, they rank first in strength of record. And they rank second in FPI, that's ESPN's power ranking metric. They also rank number one in the composite power rankings, which is basically um, a set of power rankings that is like an aggregate of all these different publicly available statistical power rankings. And it's like the average ranking for each team in those metrics. So Michigan has arguably, the they have like the best resume, and they're also probably the best team in the country. They should have been the number one team, in my opinion. That's how I would have voted for them. Um, and I've seen a bunch of different ranking systems, uh, resume ranking systems from people on Twitter that do that. They all had Michigan number one, so I agree. Like I, I thought Michigan should have been number one. I know that they don't have like this super well-rounded resume that a lot of teams have, but they have a win against Ohio State, who was first in FPI. They have a win against Penn State, who was fourth in FPI. And I know people are going to be pissed about that, but every ranking system that I have seen has Penn State in the top 10. Yeah. Like, and this is power rankings. Totally different than resume. This is just straight up how good each team is. Every power ranking system that I've seen has Penn State top 10. A lot of them have them in the top five. Penn State's a really good team. That's a great win for Michigan. And I know a lot of people are going to be pissed about me saying that, but... Sorry, it's true. They also have a win against Maryland, who is 33rd in FPI. So that's a solid win. Um, so they have three top 50 wins, two top 10 wins, um, and they have, in my opinion, the best win of the college football season. You, you said you agreed with that. Yeah, um, yeah I just, I, I'm, I'm a little shocked. I'm, I'm a little like, I just don't understand why Michigan is not number one. I thought that's where they should be ranked. I, I mean, if, if any other team played the schedule, like if your average top 25 team played the schedule, they probably have two losses. Yeah. So the sure. fact that Michigan is undefeated is really impressive. Yep. So I just didn't understand that. Um, of course, Georgia's number one. I've said this all year. I think the committee's overrating Georgia. I don't think they're overrating them as much as I did a few weeks ago with their wins against like Ole Miss, um, Tennessee, Missouri. Like their resume is, is good now. Like it's pretty good sure, now. Yeah. They deserve to be in the top four. I just don't think they deserve the number one spot. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, Washington Washington uh, falls at number three. Uh, they actually jumped up a spot um, from last week. What do you think about them? I think they're a good team. I am shocked that Oregon is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite for that game on mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't really understand, like, the reasoning behind that. So – that's the thing. So there's like a huge, there's like a disconnect between like resumes and like team strengths. So right. A lot like a power rankings love Oregon. Like uh, in the composite power rankings, Oregon is number three. Sorry, yeah. they're number four behind Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia. Um, in the composite power rankings, Washington is eleventh. And um, in on the site that I'm looking at, it does have like a high and a low range for each yeah. team. Washington's high range or their highest ranking is sixth. Their lowest ranking is 13th. So, so why why is that? Like, why are they... Is it because they're playing some close games, or... 
Yes, that would that would be um, the reason. So they have they have some because they, they they do have a lot of close games where Oregon has a lot of blowouts. They don't have a lot of. I don't know if they have like a dominant performance versus a good team outside of like yeah dominant off the, sure, off yeah. the top of my head that I can think about, and they do have a number of just shaky performances. Um, they, yeah, they, and, I mean they do have a lot of quality wins. They just they haven't like really killed anybody who was like good yeah so they they have arguably the best resume in the country in my opinion yeah um i would prefer i i would say michigan's resume is better but washington has a great resume and it's why they're ranked where they are um so let me look at their key wins they so, so they have oregon state they beat oregon state uh 22 to 20 so by two they beat in utah 35 to 28 they beat usc i know they're not ranked at the moment but they do have an explosive offense. I'll at least give them that. They beat them 52-42 in a shootout. Um, they obviously have their win over Oregon already during the season, 36-33. to And then they have a win over Arizona, who at the time wasn't ranked, but they are. They have become a good team over the season, 31-24. Uh, to So they're all close wins against these good teams, but they do just have a lot of good wins. Yeah, they are 13th in FPI, and a big reason why is because, like, they have gone up, they had some, they had two really, really underwhelming performances against Arizona State and Stanford, two Pac-12 teams that just aren't great this year, Um, and they just, when they've gone up, they also have a a really close win that they had this past weekend against Washington State, and when, when they've gone up against some teams that are good, that are ranked, but are a lot lower than they are. They just haven't looked dominant. Like they, yeah. they, they had a close win against Oregon State, and that's a good win, and that helps their resume. Yeah. But when you look, but that's gonna hurt. But then them you look at Oregon being rankings. dominating over Oregon State. Yeah, and in terms of resume, Washington's resume is insane. Like I said. Now here, here's what yeah, I want to say about Oregon and Oregon State. I don't know if you saw, but it came out that apparently the head. I know the head coach of Oregon State is going to yeah. Michigan State. It came out that apparently he told all the players, I believe it said the day of the game or maybe the day before the game. That he's leaving? That he's leaving. Interesting. And so, like, I saw, like, some parents of some Oregon State players, like... I'd have been pissed saying, like, if I were a player. <laughs> saying that, like, they just didn't have their hearts in it because, ah. yeah, I mean, they were... And I don't, I don't know if you saw the picture that Oregon State posted, like, during game day. But in the picture, their interim head coach was leading them out of the tunnel against Oregon. Mm. So, like, there is some... Uh, I, I'll give, like, okay a little bit of credit to Washington there. Just saying, like, Oregon State may have not been fully in it because they had just been told that their head coach was leaving. Why would you tell them that, like, right before yeah. a huge game? <laughs> like, yeah. That's such, such a wild decision. So... Yeah, that's that's wild. That's something to think about a little yeah. bit. I I know it's like still like hey, a win is a win and a dominating win is still yeah. a win, but that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, like Washington's resume is unreal. They have a win against Oregon, who's third in FPI, a win against Oregon State, eighteenth in FPI, a win against USC, twenty first in FPI, a win against Arizona, twenty third in FPI, yeah, a win against Utah, twenty fifth in FPI, and then they have two solid wins against California, who is forty seventh in FPI, okay. and Boise State, who is forty ninth in FPI. And those are both like big wins too, right? Like they yeah. beat them pretty. Like they have seven wins against top fifty opponents in FPI. Sure, yeah, they have a top good. three win against Oregon. Yeah, and they have five top 25 wins like they if if the committee were ranking purely based on resume 
they could be as high as second. Yeah. Like, their resume is that good. But, like, they're, they they just aren't an elite team, and that's going to hurt them if the committee is considering that as well. And yeah. I'm not sure what the committee is considering because they, they have, there were some, there, there were, there's one ranking that I really hate um, that we can get to in a minute. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you that I forgot to ask you a second ago when we talked about Georgia. Do you think Georgia is in no matter what? It depends on what happens around them. But yeah, I think there's a good chance that they can still lose and get in. I think the fact that they are number one means they're, they're a lot. Yeah. Like, like if Michigan doesn't jump them now, I mean, like, I think they're in. Like the committee, yeah. the committee clearly loves Georgia. Like they love Georgia. Yeah, if Georgia loses, you would need. I mean, I think they can still get in if like FSU loses, Oregon loses, and Texas loses. Because then you're probably going to be looking at uh, Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and then you're choosing between Georgia and Ohio State. Yeah, and those are you got a twelve and one team, and then an eleven and one team, and I think the committee would take Georgia over Ohio State. Yeah, do you think Michigan is in no matter what? Um, if they lose to Iowa, it's kind of a tough look. So no, I don't think they're in no matter okay. what. Okay, interesting. What about Washington? I've thought about that. Are they in no matter what? No, they're not. I, th- I so I think um I, I wouldn't guarantee that they're in no matter what. But even There's if they a, lose, there is a path. I, yeah. I do think that even if they lose, they can get in. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, like, I'm not sure how likely that is. Yeah, because they're not guaranteed to get in no matter what happens. But there is still a path for them if they lose. Because I, I, I'm not sure how likely it is that they would still make it even if they lose to Oregon. Because yeah. the committee hasn't loved them. I mean, they just like they were ranked fifth for a while. Yeah, they and, just which was like, like two weeks ago jumped them over Florida State. Yeah, like it took them a long time to put them inside the top four. Yeah, um, but that was just something I I was thinking about. Like, could they possibly get in even if they lose to Oregon? And I do think there's a chance. Um, Florida State they jumped up, had no issues with that. I yeah. I, I their resume's good, man. Like I I I have actually been critical of their resume, and I actually looked this past week. Yeah, and I think I was overly critical of their yeah. resume. Their they have a really good, good win over LSU. Yeah, um, which is a great have, win. Like yeah. they're they're tenth in FPI. Like power ranking systems love them. They have a solid win over Clemson. Which and is, Miami. Yeah, and Miami. And then you also have wins against Duke and Florida, who are, like, Duke's 30th in FPI, Florida's 40th in FPI, so... Yeah. Like, that's a really strong resume. Yeah. But they also suffer from the same issue that Washington suffers, where their ranking and power ranking systems is just really low. Right. And I don't know exactly if the committee takes into account, like, FPI when they're voting, because the rankings are shown on, on ESPN... And ESPN, when they when they show a team's resume, they'll show like their strength of schedule, their strength of record, and their FPI, which are all ESPN metrics. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the committee is looking at those. If they are, yeah. that could explain why they've been lower on Washington. If they are, if they're really being critical of of their, you know, how good they are as a team. But that's another. That's something that that Florida, that's going against Florida State. That is also going against Washington. Yeah. Um, Ohio State. This, so actually, let's go ahead and talk about Oregon. So Oregon, okay, they came in at number five. Yep. Um, and we can kind of talk about Oregon and, and Ohio State at the same time. Sure. Yeah. This is the one ranking that I just I really hate. Like, yeah, like, I felt like Ohio State should have been a five. What are we doing? Like, yeah. how 
how is Ohio State behind Oregon? How? I agree. I agree. Ohio State has, uh, this is a, I hate using this term, but they have the best loss yeah. in the country out of the people who have losses. Um, so it, it is tough. I, I think there's just a lot of recency bias. You know what I mean? Like Oregon's been hot recently. They've been beating up on everybody in OSU just lost. So I think there's just some recency bias there, even though I do feel like if you just put them like head to head and looked at their resumes, Ohio state has the better resume. Clearly. I mean, like look at the committee's rankings. I'm not, I'm I'm, for this right now. I'm not even going to talk about my own opinion about teams resumes. I'm going to look at the committee's rankings and use them against the committee. Ohio State has a win against Penn State, who was 10th. They also have a win against Notre Dame, who was 17th. Both of those teams are ranked higher than Oregon's highest ranked win, which is against Oregon State. Right. And that's Oregon's only ranked win. Yeah. Like. Exactly. And Ohio State has the better loss. Yep. Correct. What are we doing, committee? Like, yeah. I'm assuming that the committee just said, okay, we're going to put all the undefeateds at the top, and we're going to put all the one seat or all the one loss teams, we're going to put them in separate buckets at the top, and we're just going to rank who we think is the best teams out of those buckets. So, when the yeah. undefeated teams are like, we think Georgia's the best, we think Michigan's the best, and Washington and Florida State. And then for the one loss teams, they're like, you know, we think Oregon's the best, Ohio State's the best. Texas and then Alabama. I'm thinking that's how they had to do this because I mean, because it doesn't make sense yeah. any other way. If yeah. you're, I mean, they're literally contradicting their own rankings. Yeah, and and Ohio State deserved to fall a, a good bit. Like last week, they ranked second in strength of record. This week, they ranked fifth. A loss to Michigan hurts their resume a good bit because yeah. they just outside of that, they have they have good wins. They have a really good win against Penn State and a, and a good win against Notre Dame. But they just don't have a, a ton of great wins. Yeah. I mean, I think they should have been the best one-loss team. I agree. And like, like they sh- they should have been fifth. And like they are third, they're actually second in the composite power rankings. Like they're an elite team. Yep. With like the fifth best resume. Like in my opinion, like I for me, if I were coming up with the rankings, it would be a mix of like resume, how impressive your record is, yeah. and how good you are as a team using like power ranking systems. And it would be heavily weighted towards resume. And even if you heavily weight towards resume, you can still get Ohio State at, at minimum top five. Yeah. You can, you could argue they're top four. But I mean, I just, I that's one thing that I really disagreed with, and I think this hurts Ohio State because it puts them in a really tough position. I mean, do you think they can still get in? Yes, a hundred percent. They will need a. So they need Georgia to lose. They'd need, um, hold on, let me, I'm trying to remember the situation so I, can I had tell you, I, So I can tell you the scenario I think they get in. Actually, sorry, no, they need, they need Georgia, Michigan, and Washington to all win, excuse me. I agree, they yes, need, they yes, need I agree. All three of those teams to win, then they need Florida State and Texas to lose, and obviously Alabama would lose if, if Georgia's winning. Yeah. So that would be the way that. Ohio State gets in. I agree. I, I do wonder if they can get in in that situation, even if Texas wins. Because they are mm. ranked ahead of Texas, but like obviously they yeah. wouldn't have. Like Texas would have one more game. I, th- I think that Texas would get the nod because they are a conference champion. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, 
let's mm-hmm. see. Let's get so let's get through the most likely scenario, and, sure. that, and that's assuming that like favorites win and everything. So the most likely scenario is that Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, Oregon, and Texas win. Yep. Then you would have Washington and Alabama lose, and then of course Ohio State doesn't play. Sure. What do you think happens in that scenario? So in that scenario, Alabama is definitely out. Like they are definitely out. Washington is probably out if they lose in the conference championship. And I would also say Ohio State probably doesn't get the nod. And they will, although I don't agree with it, Florida State will make the playoff. So I think at that point, you are probably looking at Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I do think there's a chance that Washington could still make it, but... I think it's going to be hard with them already only being at three. Yeah, I agree. And if they and with lose, the way that the committee has been treating yeah. them this year, like I think they'd be out. So I agree. I think it would I just be don't see – I don't see a situation in where the committee puts in Washington, who just lost yeah. over an undefeated FSU. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's look at this chaos scenario. So this is a scenario that people have been talking about for a few weeks. Yeah. Let's assume that Michigan wins. Sure. They're Big Ten champs. Florida State wins. They beat Louisville, ACC champs, 13-0. Michigan would also be 13-0. Yep. Alabama wins. So they, they beat Georgia, okay. win the SEC title. So you got them at 12-1. and Oregon wins, and they beat Washington. They're 12-1, and Pac-12 champions. And then Texas wins. They're Big 12 champs, 12-1. and And then you have Georgia, who's 12-1, and Washington, who's 12-1, and and Ohio State, who's 11-1. That would be the pure Ohio, chaos So situation. Ohio State's out. Ohio State would be out They're done. for sure they, at that they, point. It, it's it's over for them. It's to me, so over for the Washington guys. would be a hundred percent out as well. Yeah. They would also be out, so they'd be in the same boat with with Ohio State. Obviously, Michigan is for sure in. Yeah, Michigan and Florida State would be guaranteed in. I think they're lost. It's so tough for Florida State because I don't think they should be, but they probably would be. So, I'd be I'd be okay for Florida State. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. I, I want Florida State to lose this week. Yes, I just, agree. Just, I just want to eliminate. I'm going to be honest. I'm not objective this week. I yeah. Because I don't think, I think Florida State's going to get beat fairly handily in the playoff. I agree. And I, I even if they had Jordan Travis, I think so. Yeah. So um, I think you're probably looking at Michigan and Florida State being in. And then it's really tough after that. Because you've got to choose two teams between Oregon, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. Georgia coming off a recent loss to Alabama in that scenario. Texas beating Alabama in the regular season. And I think Oregon probably gets in. I think the committee really likes Oregon. So I think you're looking at Michigan, Florida State, Oregon. And then you're down to three teams. And you have to... That's going to be where it's really tough. You've got Texas. To me, Texas should get the nod because they beat Alabama in the regular season. And if like if that is discredited, then there should not ever be any reason that you schedule a tough non-conference opponent because that is ridiculous if that win doesn't mean anything. I understand the thought of like, well, Alabama just beat the number one team in the country. But Texas did beat Alabama. So I, I I know it's really tough. So to I, me, I think I, I think I'd argue to Alabama and Texas. Like 
God, if Texas would have beaten, like, would be able to avenge their loss against Oklahoma, it'd be it'd be so much easier. Yeah, because I th- I think at that point they'd have the easy nod Here's, over Alabama. Personally, my rankings, what I would do in that scenario would be Michigan. Then I would have um, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. I would leave out Georgia, and I would leave out an undefeated Florida State. I know that's like not what's going to happen at all. That would just be my okay. These are the teams that deserve it. Yeah, I I would I would throw in Florida State. Okay, because I just think like like if this Florida State team does it is also it is also really tough to say. Oh, you went undefeated in the Power Five? Nah, you're not it. And they have a good resume. Like I would understand if their resume wasn't good, but like yeah. it, I feel like it is. Like and so I'm looking at this is a um, website CFP resume ranks, and this guy ranks resumes. They have and and this looks at you know just raw resume like their record, yep. the impressiveness of the record, and their team strength. They have Florida State really low at seven. Okay. Um, and it has their raw resume at seventh, which I, I I maybe I'm just crazy. I feel like Florida State's resume is better than that. I, I, Florida State does rank, um, they rank third in strength of record. So I, I'm not really sure what the why this system is so low on Florida State. But maybe maybe I'm overrating the resume. I feel like it's good. I mean, yeah. LSU. So. Like LSU's a great win. They yeah. got a win against like or uh, Clemson, Miami, like Duke. What do you think the committee would do in that situation? I like I I agree with you that I think Michigan and Florida State would get in according to the committee in that chaos situation. And then I think Oregon's probably a lock. And then it comes down to between Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. And I think that the committee would pick Alabama over Texas. Is it crazy to think that Alabama is just screwed? No. They're eight. I mean, we, I know. I have know we eight. have we ever seen a team jump four spots to get into the playoff in the I final week? But I don't. I, I also remember. don't know if I've ever seen like a, a pool that's this competitive, like yeah. where it's like, oh my gosh, all top eight teams have a good chance going into conference championship week. I really wish the Big Ten wasn't structured the way that it is because I would love to see Ohio because they State have and Michigan divisions play each other again. Yeah. and they have all they have their three best teams in one division. Yeah, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Like, are it's all just ridiculous in one that division. Ohio State at eleven and one is not playing for a conference championship. Yep, like that would not happen in any other conference. Right, especially if it's structured correctly. Where I, I mean, how I feel like things should be structured, where it's just the two best teams from the conference. I mean, why is Iowa getting like a red carpet to the yeah. Big Ten title game every year? <laughs> what, yeah. What are we doing? But yeah, I, and that'd be a weird situation, a weird scenario for me. I would go Michigan one easy. Yep. At that point, it's, I'm I'm just like after that, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Probably Florida State two. Probably yeah. Mm. And this is that, what you would do, not what you think the committee would do. Yeah. Okay. I just like if if Florida State at thirteen and zero does not get it. Like, what are we like? How? Sure, no, I I understand that. I just feel I like I just feel that. like that would be spitting in the face of like college football. Even. No, I I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I guess maybe I would just rather see other teams than Florida State. I would, in the I would too. I'm just thinking like no man. Like, I agree. It, they deserve yeah. it. They yeah. deserve it if they went out. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, so you're arguing between. Like, you got, like, five teams, Alabama, Oregon, Texas, Georgia, Washington. With a loss to Oregon, Washington kind of in a tough spot. Um, it, it would be a good, like, a 
I I know this quality is like a weird loss. term. Yeah. A quality loss. No, that I think to me, I think Georgia Georgia for me would be out. I would agree with you. I think that to the committee, if Washington loses, they are done. There's nothing. Yeah. No situation where they still make it. For me, Georgia with the loss, Georgia should be out. But that is, I am someone who does not believe Georgia should be first. Sure. And yeah. I think they could be ranked as low as like third. Yeah. If you wanted, like right now, if you wanted to uh, favor Washington's resume. Sure, yeah. You, like, I can see Washington being ranked second. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a really fun conference championship weekend. So I, I, pro- I probably have Alabama. And I don't know. That'd be tough. Dude, could you imagine a scenario where the SEC champion is left out? No. I don't, I mean, yeah. no, no. For, for you personally, you might, but in like the committee's eyes, there's no shot that the SEC yeah, I champion. I, I agree. And the thing with Texas, left so I, I personally wouldn't say that Texas should automatically be ranked ahead of Alabama. Okay. Just because like if Alabama has the better resume and is a similar quality team, like I, I, I would rather Alabama get in. I just I can't get on that boat because we have a head to head. It's not like oh I wonder what would happen if they played each other. It's oh they did play each other. I I also understand that teams change throughout the year. My my thing isn't even with that. It's just like I, I'm looking at Texas's resume as literally like erase the names of the teams and just look at their like power rankings and just like measure the strength of the resume that way. Like Alabama would have a better win than Texas does. If they beat Georgia. Sure, yeah. They would all... But then you still go back to, well, Texas's best win is Alabama, and we're comparing them against Alabama. Like, I just have a I, really I hard would time say, with that. I would say Texas has a win against, let's say, high-end... Let me look at the power ranking. So, the a fourth, fourth best team in the country for sure. Alabama. Instead of saying Alabama, look at it that way. They have a win against four against the fourth best team in the country, Alabama. Alabama has a win against the third ranked team in the country, Georgia. Sure. Alabama also has a win against like Florida State or sorry, not Florida State, LSU, um, like Ole Miss. They have wins against um, Tennessee, A and M. Maybe Texas was still still have the better resume, and that might be the case because Texas would have a win against um, Alabama. And Kansas State, and I know Kansas State is like unranked. I think I'm pretty sure they're unranked. I think they're no, they're twenty fifth. They're twenty fifth. They're barely ranked. Um, is but Kansas State, they are way better than their record. Like yeah. way better than their record. They're like a top fifteen team. Honestly, it it. I mean, we'll go back to it. It really just sucks for Texas that they're not getting to play Oklahoma yeah, this weekend. If, if they were playing Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma, they should 1 million percent get a playoff spot. Yeah, it's, and, and maybe it's they tough. still should. Um, maybe they still should. But I do think that, I think Alabama and Texas's resumes are really close at, at the moment. Texas is, is better, in my opinion. But Alabama's resume gets a huge bump. If they be if they I beat know. Georgia, I just, and I will say I I do not think Alabama's beating Georgia. No, I I agree. I with do you. not think Alabama's think beating Georgia. Either. So I don't think we're even gonna have to worry about this. But <laughs> yeah, like if that does happen, 
I don't know. But it, I mean, you see the argument for like, why are we even playing tough non-conference opponents in the regular season if it's not going to matter later? Like, you, you understand it, what I'm saying? Like, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter that we beat Alabama because they're still getting in ahead of us even though we have the same record. Yes, they have a better resume, but we did play them head-to-head. And if you're going straight up like, oh, these are the four best teams, it, I feel like it's hard to say, oh, well, Alabama's better than Texas. Oh, no, no, I, 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 I agree. Like, Texas, Texas and Alabama are both really good. Yeah. It's not like you have a team that's, like, awesome and a team that's, like, like hanging on by a thread as a top ten team. No, like they're both really good. Um, it's just a win against Georgia is gonna help out Alabama's resume a ton. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. I think that's an interesting debate. Um, I think Texas does. Like I said earlier, I, I think Texas has a better resume now. Um, and should be ranked ahead of Alabama, but a win against Georgia, man, that's just, yeah. that's valuable. I mean that that is. That's the second best win. Yeah. All the one loss teams do have quality losses. I'll say that. Yeah. There's nobody that is like, oh, but they have, it's not like, oh, well, Florida State has a loss to Pittsburgh, so it's tough. Now, I will say Florida State did play Pittsburgh really close when they played them. And I think Alabama should get in over Oregon if they beat Bama. Okay. Yeah. Like if they beat Georgia? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not if Bama beats themselves. If Bama beats Georgia. Yeah. I agree I don't think it would happen but I do agree I would yeah gosh it's uh, it could be so chaotic can we just please pray that Florida State will just lose and that I want I want chaos I just think chaos is fun and we haven't had I like chaos too we haven't had enough chaos this year like I like chaos too but I also don't want Florida State to be in the playoff because I think they're gonna be a boring team in the playoff and they're just gonna get blown out in the dude we we say this and we say that it's gonna be like TCU last year bro I know right like I say this and I just know it's gonna come back to like bite me in the butt yeah it's like oh Florida State beat Michigan in the first round it's like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah literally yeah. yeah but yeah so most likely scenario I think is is you know Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington. I think is that what we said earlier. Uh, we said or Florida State, Oregon. Sorry, Florida State, Oregon. Oregon yeah, getting in over the, Washington. Uh, according to the lines and the yeah. favorites, that would yeah. be the most likely situation. Um, in in the chaos scenario, we don't know what's happening. We have no clue. So Georgia, <laughs> Oregon could be kind of a fun. Oh yeah, that'd first be fun. round Dan matchup. Lanning, high, former team. Yeah, it's Kirby Smart versus his assistant. They're also trying to. Get revenge for last. Was it last year? Oh yeah, where, where they got Georgia destroyed. Crap out of Oregon. It was like yeah. week one. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for this weekend. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Is this Dan Lanning's first season? It's not, is he? It second. last year was yeah, right. Last year was okay. This is the second season. There were rumors that he would be leaving to go. There Wasn't were, there rumors about A and M? I think it was A and M potentially yeah. hiring hiring him. Obviously, that didn't happen because yeah. they're hiring Duke's head coach. Um, oh, I, I meant to ask you this earlier when we talked about the game. Do you think there's any chance Ryan Day gets fired? I, I, because I, I've yeah, heard I've, that. I've seen like you know, the Ohio, Ohio State, State fans, fans are, are ready pissed. for him to be done. What I think is so funny, I've seen people calling for Urban Meyer to call come back. <laughs> Dude, that's rough. Yeah, I've heard so many like Ohio State fans like that have been like, dude, like, get him out of here. Yeah. Pack, pack him up. And the crazy thing is he's like, I don't remember the exact record, but it's something like 57-7 and seven as a head yeah. coach. And he's been to a national championship. Yeah. What's funny, I, I, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't be fired. Like, I yeah. get why Ohio State fans were mad, but compare 
when he's done at Ohio State to what Jim Harbaugh has done at Michigan. Yeah, that's He's done fair. more. At least he's been to a national championship. Yeah. At least he hasn't lost to TCU in the playoffs. That's true. I will also say this. There was a period about two years ago where we were kind of having a very similar conversation about Kirby Smart. Dude, bro, I remember being like, dude, Kirby, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I remember at one point having a take that Georgia should seriously consider like firing Kirby. <laughs> bro, it's, a, it's aged like milk, dude. Brother, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. But yeah, I just think it's funny how people talk about Ryan Day and Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fire him. I, I understand that I'm not an Ohio State fan, but like, I don't think they should fire him. I don't think so either. I just it would be really funny if they fired him, hired someone else, and then they like they immediately were worse. declined. Yeah, because like, then now they're a shoe in for ten wins every year. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm an Auburn fan. I would literally oh, commit dude, a crime. I would too. I would commit heinous if Georgia Tech to could guarantee ten wins a year, but they're gonna lose to Georgia. Like. You know, four out of five times, I'd be like, "All right, cool, I'll take yeah, it." Yeah, you lose to Georgia, but you're still getting into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, can I have that? Like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. But is there anything else you wanted to say? Nah, man, I I'm very excited about conference championship week. Luckily, we're actually going to get to watch some college football together for the first time in a while. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a great time. We are here. We're so back. Let's go. We're so back. We're so back. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for coming on. That, that was great. Yeah, man. Well, dude, we've gotten so much better at podcasting. We have. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. Look at us. Look at us. Look who'd at have, us. Who'd have who thought? Not me. Not <laughs> Yeah, that's all we got for today's episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope y'all have a great time this weekend watching all the big time college football games. We'll have to get back together uh, sometime soon, Thomas, and do another podcast, but that was great. Um, and I hope y'all have a great time this weekend, and we will see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.